0: what's going on everybody welcome back to the show my show bus driver experience thank you guys so much for tuning in happy to have you guys back in and back on the wheels of the bus thank you guys so much for supporting the show if you're new to the show welcome welcome to the bus driver experience go check out everything the bus driver experience has to offer whether that's all of our old and new podcasts as well as the youtube channel because it's not just about the audio storytelling and the conversations with unique and charismatic individuals, but it's about taking part in their experience and whether it's flying down the track in a bobsled, getting into a wrestling ring, and hopefully sumo wrestling I'm going to be pumped for that one. It's happening on the bus driver experience YouTube page. So go ahead and check that out. And of course, find out how you can take part in all these crazy experiences and connect with those individuals who are living out amazing unique experiences of life. I'm so happy to get to connect with these folks and really, really get to learn about how they make the most of what they do, of their life on earth because that's what it's all about, baby. And so today, have got a great guest for you. We have Brittany Berger. Brittany Berger is a host, a host, author of the book 25 and Selfish. I've had a lot of friends and a lot of fans of Brittany reach out to me to have a conversation with her. I've been trying to get her on the show since about october when i met her in miami we've been going back and forth but she was out in la and i was so happy that she swung by we got in here in the studio on a late in a friday night and we recorded this show i think i was all covered in paint but anyways let's get right into the episode with britney oh, burger okay
1: yeah. Yeah, Two Floridians. Can't believe we're here.
0: I can't believe we're not recording this in Florida. It took us to come to California to get you're this right, show done.
1: for a hot minute.
0: Hot minute. Probably uh, since October of last year. We've been yeah. talking about getting this one together.
1: That's crazy. I think you're right.
0: Yeah. And I can't even ask why you're out here because you don't want to tell me why you're out here. <laughs> but.
1: I'm out here for another job that is 25 and Selfish, not related.
0: Not 25 and Selfish related. Mm-hmm. This is the original job.
1: This is the original job, original That's event. It type thing, but on a consultant basis, so...
0: I mean, I read the book, so I had to make sure, like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brushed up on the book, you know, it's, it's them! It's, you know, as a guy, it's not really, I'd say, a typical book I read. You know, I'm talking, I'm just watching you in the in the first chapter, you talk about this, <laughs> we we'll call it a romance with this guy in Israel, yeah, the soldier yeah. in Israel, yeah. just like... <laughs> Okay, you know, like, let me get in the shoes. I'm really good at making things relatable. Let me try and sit there and imagine, you know, if I'm this girl gushing over, you know, this guy and going off on this brand new experience. Like, it was my first experience traveling because I was there at once. Although mm-hmm. I seem like this hippie, nomad, so comfortable anywhere I go.
1: Once upon a time, the, dri- the tribe took you there.
0: Yeah, <gasps> you know, Stephen Winnett. First time oh, love him to Europe. Wow. It was with him, his brother, and his brother's roommate. And we got to Paris, and this... This story right here is the one really story that inspired me to do what I wanted to do. Wow. We got to uh, a hostel, and his brother goes, "Okay, Brandon, we're gonna do whatever you want to do today." And I'm like, wait, wait, "Wait, what do you mean whatever? You know, I've come from the background of playing basketball every day, just discipline, doing this. I had fun, had a good time, but wait, like we, you guys are all gonna do what I want to do, and that's it? Well, I don't know. What, what's you know, literally anything you can think of, just go out and do it." So I just thought of the most ridiculous thing I could think of about, and I got we got steel baguettes,
1: oh my and
0: God. we had a sword fight under the Eiffel Tower, and we oh beat God. the shit out of each other. I mean, I had cuts and scars on me, but it just gave me the idea that, you know, we live in a time where anything you want to do and anything you want to be is possible. Maybe not this second. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are limiting factors to where you are, For sure. where you're from, your background. But, you know, if you want to start the process to get where you want to get and do what you want to do, it's, it's really possible to be.
1: That's true. Even external factors of your community and I would say pressures from society of telling you you can do something or you can't and deciding I don't care what they say I'm going to do it anyway mm-hmm. or that even if you do try and you're afraid of failing you can always go back to square one what we were talking about earlier was. Within jobs, you know, at the time is when I decided to write my book and leave my job and move to another country and come back and thinking I had these certain business ideas that I would pick from and that the book was the first one I kind of wanted to dive into. That even if it didn't work out, I could always go back to work. That at least I tried, that even if they asked me, why did you leave your job if it was so great? And I would say, there's no room for growth, which was true. So why did you go to London or go to another country? And at the time, I took a digital marketing course there because why not, you know? And I didn't know that I'd end up be working there by accident. Um, but that also, I decided okay, I'm doing something new. I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to give myself that opportunity. If it didn't work out, I would be honest to my next hire of a company if I did want to go back to work for somebody else saying, you know, I wanted to work for me. I thought maybe entrepreneurship would work out, but it didn't. So now I'm going back to work and that's okay. Like I tried something more I didn't see it as a failure, you know, if I would have went that route, if it wasn't successful, I mean. When people think that they're free to take that leap or that jump into whatever their dream or goal is or career or moving across the country, you know, to LA or to wherever you want to do. and yeah. And in that moment, You just realize, oh, I tried. That's not a failure. That's a success within itself. And I think that people put a mindset and a cap on what success is in life based on whatever your goal is. And it can always change. And it doesn't always have to be that exact experience of whatever expectation you have for yourself. It could evolve into something incredibly different. I thought I would come back here and maybe yeah try those business ideas but go back into the event industry it was something i knew i went to school for and i was good at i was great at you know (laughs) and then i'm going into writing not knowing anything never taking a writing class never going to journalism school never doing anything with writing or a pr major yeah i wrote press releases here and there based on my past jobs but i just decided i'm doing this thing i had a story to tell and thank god it's well received and it's super honest and it's relatable and it's a quick read and even if at the time I thought maybe this is for 20-somethings, maybe it's just for women, I realize it's not. I have 40-year-old men who are like, I'm asking myself questions that I've never asked before, and I realize I don't know the answer to it. I want to find that, even at age 40, if they're single or not, or, you know, male or female, or whatever age, mom, daughter, 19-year-old in college, and it's funny because I've been having recent feedback from college students saying, I read your book. I broke up with my boyfriend. I was like, oh, sorry. You know, or, (laughs) or, oh, congratulations. You know, why? Mm -hmm. And they're like, I had no self-worth. And I was making excuses, you know, for reasons why maybe I wasn't feeling as loved, but I was giving my whole life and sacrificing everything for him and his dream. And I think even in relationships in general, you know, that could happen at any age. But to also notice that young based on just my story of, A fun romance that I felt so deeply that even though writing my second book now, I've evolved so much in conscious thought and in how I perceive who I am and my self-worth or experience based on just being like, I want to have fun. Even if that means that's a good or bad decision, I want to do it. We can do anything,
0: Hmm.
1: not just professionally, but personally
0: that. was was ten. And before we go any deeper into you know, <laughs> all these talks about, you know, self-worth, self-love and discovering, you know, how, the, how we can, you know, tap into those things about us. Give mm-hmm. give our listeners a little background, a little context, who you are. I mean, we jumped into already, you know, ah. this, this heartthrob story in Israel, Ooh. you know, the book, you're already yeah. in your second book, but give people a little context of who you are, you know, how we got here and, you know, what happened with that first book and what is The 25 and Selfish?
1: <sighs> who am I? Is that really, saying? Start from the
0: beginning. I and when you get this. to the end, I'm going to stop you.
1: Okay, perfect. Yeah. So it's just, it's a great question because I feel like who I am now is so not who I was then, even when I was writing 25 and selfish. And I'm going to answer this a bit differently though, Thank you. because for 25 and selfish, I wrote this book because I was an event manager at a company and there was no room for growth because I was in my twenties and they were looking for someone, let's say with experience in their thirties. And Yeah, we say maybe age ain't nothing but a number, but also age shouldn't predicate our performance. And even as a label of millennials, and I hate that word, and I can't wait to love it one day because to me, it? it has such a negative connotation in my community. And it doesn't mean that it's all around the world or in a city, but in my community, the people who I'm surrounded with, whether it's like parents, elders, seniors in the workforce or.
0: What community is this you're talking about?
1: Maybe my Jewish community in Miami. Either way, I'm not I don't let that stop me. And it's actually even better because I'm speaking on a millennial mindset panel at the end of this month. And I'm excited, to because I want to show them that just being a millennial, we. Some of some people who are older than us have this perspective of, oh, they're lazy. They want everything given to them. They don't work hard enough. And I'm like, you can't label me under a generation. Like, don't label me as anything at all. I am who I am. My work ethic comes and stems from within me of what I want to put out there. I'm hardworking. There are hardworking millennials in this world, right? And mm. I realized 25 and Selfish was the year before I was turning 25 and – I was unhappy in my job, and I was making great money, and on paper I was traveling the country. I was fighting for what I wanted in my job, which was just a lot of experience to be a manager. And even though they wanted to stunt my growth and saying, you look young, you're not in your 30s, we can't let you grow to that point. And I'm like, why? If you say that I'm great, I'm doing everybody else's job, I'm carrying the weight, why can't I grow here? If there's no room for growth, I felt okay if I'm not going to leave am I going to be pushed out or am i going to stay and feel like I'm drowning I didn't want to wake up every day feeling like I was unhappy and I was so was I going to change anything about it that we have this mentality of I'm making money I need money to survive in this world right now do I stay even though I'm waking up every day miserable that's not who I am so when we say like who is Britney Berger even if I want to talk about myself or what I do I can say yes I am now an author a public speaker a mindset mentor a fitness coach on the side because I love it because that's also become my passion mm-hmm. after years of you know you played basketball your whole life you maybe you still do for fun for me I dance competitively my whole life I was a dancer I am a dancer in the club you know <laughs> or in life but I also <laughs> love teaching fitness now and I love being in front of that audience but when I think of who I am like I have a workshop that I do of saying Okay, I'm an author, so maybe I'm creative and I'm an an artist. Or I'm also a sister and a daughter and a great friend, so I'm nurturing and caring and loving. That's when I feel like you ask, who are you? What brought you here? All those qualities of myself, of my core, who I had to know and realize and be okay with who I am, that's who I would say Brittany Berger is. How she got here was going to Israel giving myself to someone very quickly, which is something that I normally wouldn't do as quickly, Um, and falling in this beautiful, deep, short-lived love that completely transformed how I view life, just with one person. And that's what I think is beautiful about soulmates and having so many in life. And I do believe that there's not just one. I do believe that there's many, that he showed me that I don't have to step on eggshells, even though I just met this guy who I thought – was like a godlike figure, which is hilarious thinking back now because this was a couple of years ago. <laughs> Good for him. Um, but that showed me that I always thought success was built on making a lot of money and building an empire and maybe becoming a CEO one day. That's what I felt based on what my father taught me. You know, Even though my mother was like the nurturing, loving side, my dad is a hard-ass worker working seven days a week, has his own company, and that's how he sees success in life. So I adopted that. And when I met him, he was just like – be present. Like, what does your tattoo say that I just saw? Read it. It says, the ble- the best place to be here. No, I just messed up. <laughs> the best the place- best place to be is here. There you go. And what I love about it is, even more now, every day, I'm like, Brit, you need to be more present. Like, I do so many things at once, and I have so many different adventures of income and things that I do professionally that I also need to just be here, and he taught me how to be here and how to be present And I needed him in my life in order to transform realizing, hey, girl, you're not happy in your job. You can be you can leave like you're afraid to leave, but you can do it. Like Mm -hmm. what's on the other side of fear? What are you really afraid of? You saved up your money. Are you afraid of failure of not getting another job again? Having to get a new work family. Those were things that I was fearful of. And then going through the challenges in my job, ending up leaving when everybody was telling me you're making a huge mistake in your life you're taking a break because you're just unhappy they didn't see that as a good enough reason and I don't even need their approval Mm -hmm. and because I was so used to listening to everybody else's opinion when I already had the answers of alarms were going off you're unhappy here move on like you've been with this company for a while all the signs are there you're not listening to it and I think even you can relate that to relationships you know with man or a woman that All the signs are there. You're not supposed to be with that person or you're not unhappy, but you're there because you're safe and comfortable. Yeah. But even when you're not safe and comfortable,
0: like you get, you can get caught up in those moves like, oh, wow. No, no, no. Listen, this could, we could fix this. This could happen. But, you know, you you mentioned, you mentioned fear and Mm -hmm. trying to get out of that bubble, you know, and, you know, we get so caught up. I think we don't even realize we get so so caught up in the moment Mm -hmm. and we get stuck in it. And we just think this is the only place, and the all, all, how it's always going to be, and this is the only way it is, but in a negative connotation, rather less about being comfortable, yeah. But the other side, and you get the worst is when you have that self-realization, like, oh, holy shit, I'm in it, and why why can't I get out of this? Why do I think this is the worst moment? I'm never gonna. This is right. how my life we now, get though. stuck. Yeah,
1: and the reason why I called it selfish was because when I was rereading the book and I had a different title. I was like, you know what? I had a different title. And it was actually was it? The Three Versions of Me. i glad and you changed it. I'm glad I changed it too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you why. This was at the beginning. And it's funny because for my next book, I'm not even worried about what the title is. I, I will know at the end. Do we but... get a
0: sneak peek? Or no, 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 no.
1: Oh, what it's about?
0: No, no, no. title, title. Oh, title.
1: I don't have one. And I'm not even worried about it. Okay. It's okay. not finished yet, the project. However, mm-hmm. when I thought of The Three Versions of Me, I thought, in this romance... You know, putting myself in that position, leaving my job, which is also so not me, being with that guy, which was so not me in that particular situation of also wanting to leave my whole life, everything I built, all my friends and family to move to Israel for a guy. And you know what? I used to see when girls would move to be with their boyfriend and wherever they were living in formal life there, I used to judge them. And view that as a weakness. Like, you're leaving your life for him? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, God. I used to think that way. And then I almost became that girl. And I thought, I'm leaving everything for him. That's strength because I'm leaving everything I know into uncertainty, into the unknown for one feeling, which is love. Mm-hmm. Like, just to try that and figure it out and see where it is. That's being strong. That's being brave. That's overcoming fear. That is not weak. And now every girl that I find out, she leaves to go meet him or he leaves to go live with her just to try out because you love someone that much that I know that's why we're here on this earth for that feeling. Like, I want that. Even though... I didn't end up going. Obviously, here we are.
0: Guilty. Guilty right here.
1: But yeah, Yeah. you just you do it. And that's okay. And the best part about it is that you grow whether that works out or not. And we look at it as, oh, poor me or I'm heartbroken. Like, look at the lessons you learned. Like in, in my next book, I have a beautiful relationship with a man who came into my life, who sat next to me at a restaurant that I never thought in a million freaking years ever I would ever even be intimate with, you know. Where I thought my parents aren't gonna even approve. And of course, they were in the back of my mind. And I was like, <laughs> what are my lessons here? Like, I know he's not my future, but hold what are on, my lessons hold on. Yeah. W- w-
0: Who was this guy? Or w- can't tell you. Maybe not who, but like, uh, why were you like.
1: He Why, is why were your
0: parents like just like.
1: High profile okay. status.
0: But why were your parents just like, you know, wh- he what was, was it gonna ev- be?
1: He was everything. They would probably never want for me. Fact. We can't get into details, but you can read the next book about it, let me tell you. Okay. Other than that.
0: We're getting
1: getting hyped. hyped I know you're getting so hyped. Oh, such great (laughs) stories. Either way, I was like, what are my lessons here? Mm -hmm. And he always viewed me as a woman, never a girl. And he was like, like, B, you're a boss. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Like. (laughs) <laughs> I know, but like some people don't know. Or yeah. some guys are like intimidated and like, that's fine, you do you. But he showed me that I want a man who's a man, not a boy who is lost, you know, who treats me with respect, who sees me as like a woman who is independent, but like I'm doing my thing and I am me. Like I'm not trying to be anybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just want to be me. I don't, I've dated in the past to where I felt like I had to change what I like just to like what they like and change things about me. And I just want to be me, but Happens. I just I also realize souls have no religion or race, you know, even gender for some, like it makes sense. Like souls connect, you're here for a reason. Also divine timing, like divine timing though. That's a whole other conversation, but things literally happen at a certain time because they're supposed to. And if it's not right in that, in that moment, accept it, you know? And for me, again, leaving my job and deciding to move to another country, all things that I would never do, that was not my personality, everybody was telling me, this isn't you, don't do it, don't do it. And I was like, no, I'm doing it for me. This is my life. Mm. That's what being selfish is, that the word selfish by definition is lack of consideration for others, right? So I was like, I'm considering me right now, this is my life. I've considered everybody else all the time, everybody else's opinion. I'm like, yeah, I'll listen to you, but I'm not gonna follow what you're telling me to do because I need to do this for me because we always got our own backs like you need support from people sure encouragement from people sure but then you have the people who tell you maybe you're not going to be a success or this is the wrong idea or you're going to regret that let me regret that I'm going to learn from it
0: been hearing that forever yeah
1: let me slip and fall get back up like it's okay and that's what nobody tells us enough and I feel like our generation it's okay
0: it is. And that's it where you're going to see with millennials, I think, coming into these executive roles and companies in the next 10 years is just how much more just open they're going to be, not just to investment, but just ways that they can uh, make these workspaces and conditions there for Gen Z. Because we've had the mm-hmm. Internet. We we weren't we weren't birthed into it. We were both. It was just we came into it. We had no one gave us a guidebook or knew mm-hmm. anything about what this was. And that's where the judgment comes from, from the other generations, the Gen X, the baby boomers. Like, we've
1: adapted.
0: We've adapted. We've taken it on. You know, that okay, you don't have to work 40 hours a week. And why is that looked down in a negative way? Why is that looked at like, oh, wow, you can get 40 hours of work done in 20 hours. Now it comes down to, and you know, my big thing is, is how do we value our time?
1: Right. And how do we monetize it?
0: Technology and automation is there to make our lives easier. And if we're going to have all this extra time now, what are we going to do? With all of it, because we have to redefine our purpose and meaning because a lot of people derived from jobs mm. and when people lose their jobs or they get um, severance packages, I think in Spain, excuse me, there was a uh, the great, great title, euthanize the coal industry mm. due to the Paris Accords. So they gave unreal severance packages, millions of dollars to these individuals and they have enough money to live off of never work again. But they're like, I, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do today? Mm-hmm. Where you know I've had that moment at 22, right. know, lucky and privileged enough to have an experience like that. But you know, it, it you don't you can't take it for granted when people are scared and they are fearful. But this is such a great catalyst and a huge moment for us as a society yeah. to say, okay, how can we even get more out of who we are, and what we do, with a limited yeah. And limited do you know time. what I
1: think the difference is between the generations is that. I feel, and I wonder if you agree, but that we're leading with more passion, you know, because back in the day you were like, okay, what what does my family do? I'm going to go into that business. Or what am I supposed to do? Or my parents want me to be a doctor. I'm going to go into that field even though it's not for me. Or I want to go and be a lawyer even though I realize now that's not for me. And we don't know early on enough because we're adopting everybody else's beliefs based on what they feel we should be doing instead of what we want to do or what we think is right or what our path is. And maybe we don't know yet. And paths always change. Like, I thought I'd be doing events for the rest of my life. I never thought I would be here ever. And I'm so thankful because I enjoy it. I wake up every single day and I'm so happy. And even though I do 100 different things, those 100 things make me so much happier than what I was doing years ago. And there is no price you can put on that. Yes, a certain price to where I need to live. Of course, and pay for my <laughs> shit. But other than that, like you make it work, and that's the thing is, I feel like we're sometimes so distracted, and we have technology, and yes, that does distract us. Like even when people go to Burning Man, and I've never been, and I know it does great things for people. I'm out. And so, you're like,
0: they'll not conform. Not I'm go. just
1: more of like, I need to out. take showers, like you know, and maybe <laughs> wash my face multiple times, and that's cool. There's like, a car
0: wash. A shower car wash.
1: That's great. But also, like, the <laughs> map, like, they're like, you don't need a map. You get lost. That's the fun of it. I'm like, that's great. Like, I'm not great at getting lost. Like, I get lost on a highway with directions and ways. Oh, like, not I all the time, actually, lost. you know. I can't you get lost? is that something I should try to find this year? Let's to get talk, lost? let's talk. Okay.
0: You'll, you'll meet me in a country where we'll get lost. <laughs> I'll show you I'll show you how to get
1: maybe, lost. Maybe I can get lost there, but like not in the desert and Burning Man and being like, ah. but the whole thing with technology also is just that sometimes we're distracted and I feel like we're in a world now where people decide what they want to do and they will excel at it as long as their heart and soul is in it mm-hmm. and they're good at it and they can develop skills at it and that's okay. Like, I think that now that I know what I'm doing and I'm so passionate about it and I want to evolve it and make it even so much greater than it is. And with patience and timing, I know that it will come, let's say, but that with the past generations, it's just like you're supposed to be chained to this desk from nine to five. Like you're going to only grow until I tell you to because I'm your boss and I'm twice your age and I earned to be here and I had to walk through this fire to be here. And I'm like, well, maybe I didn't walk through fire, but maybe I took like a different route. Maybe I took the GPS and took a shortcut. Don't kill me for it, you know? So it's kind of like we are deciding how we want to live this life and what makes us happy and whether that's staying in the corporate world or doing something that we create on our own and finding that or doing five different jobs and balancing that Mm -hmm. and making that our main source of income that is equivalent to working for someone else in a place where we're unhappy. We can create that here. And I think that Past generations never thought that they could create it to this point where it's like everybody's doing something new, everybody's doing a startup, you know, that short hour work week because we're becoming more efficient because we want to be there. Mm-hmm. And so many people in their jobs, they don't want to be there. They're just doing what they feel they're supposed to, or maybe what they like, or they're changing a job every year. That's fine, that's experience. But we have to ask ourselves, like, what do you want to do? And what makes you happy? You can ask that. It's mm-hmm. not a scary thing, but if you know you're in a place, that you're not unhappy in or you feel like I have so much emotion or time invested in and I can't leave now. You can leave now. We're not stuck anywhere. Like we move for a reason. But like, like you
0: said, it's, mm-hmm. there was never been that that person or generation ahead that's had people like yourself that are going out there and telling people, listen, I was you. You don't need to do this. And you know what
1: else? Breaks Let's are go. not given. They're a choice. Yeah. And we know that. And people don't realize you know, if you want a break, you take it. That's your decision, whether it's looked down upon or not. When I went to London, I remember my grandpa's like, Oh, you're taking a break from your life. And he's like, You're going to be fun employed or a lady of leisure. I was like, I love that. I'm going to be a lady of leisure, you know? And then I touch down and I get a job accidentally the next day, like just because of being me, you know? And you just have to, you have to just do what you want to do. Or if you want to live your life, make a lot of money, spend it in Italy for a month. One of my friends just did that, and now he's working again. And people are looking down upon it, even though he's some like finance wizard. And taking that, like, like a mini yeah, retirement. Yeah, but through his life, and he's like, guess what? I'm living. I was like, I wanna live, you know? Even now, the past couple months, I've been so go, go, go. And that's why your tattoo just like touched my heart because mm. when I've been meditating and I haven't been doing it every day, and every time that I do it, makes me so happy. And I'm like, you need to come back to this place, even if it's just for a couple minutes. Every day, it's like, Britt, be here like just for a second breathe like be present and I want to that to me that's living Mm -hmm. is noticing what day is it oh it's Friday great yeah I've been like busting my ass working thinking that I have this balance thing figured out and sometimes you don't because your schedule picks up but at what point do you take a step back and say let me go back to that place of being here of being present of still having my stuff together of still getting things done but feeling good about it when I didn't feel so good because we're not perfect. We don't have it figured out all the time, you know, but you can still get there. Like it's never the end. It's and a layer of self-resistance. Yeah. Steven
0: Pressfield, The Art of War. Have you ever mm-hmm. read it? No, I haven't. Um, what book did he write?
1: Oh, well, what did everyone. you learn from it? Most well, importantly,
0: it, It's just this level of idea that you can do and be anything you want to do. But mm-hmm. there's that layer of resistance that you put on yourself. For example, I want to start a whole podcast series, video series, simple tutorial that was a podcast in order to market myself in my own podcast mm. business I have and to put it out there. And guess what? I've shot a few videos. They're not good. They're, they're not great. I don't like them, but I can come in here. I have this whole studio to get sure. this done, put the effort and put the work forward to it, write a script, but I don't have it out yet. And what is it that thing? Is there a thing in my head that says Brandon? No, 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 someone's gonna say you're wrong in this thing. It's this fact wasn't great. And it's 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 people don't realize. Even I, Mm -hmm. you know, out there look like a hippie, barefoot, moving all the time. That you know we all have these little resistant factors, but they're all internal Mm -hmm. and they're all limiting. And you have the network. You have a community. People that are gonna let you go out. And to let you be who you want to be and support you and who you want to be. You just can't do that for things that aren't even real. And that's where I wanted to go to next with this is leaving ba- leaving identities. Because mm. you mentioned this yes. and it touched me on the idea of you were a dancer. You were a dancer your whole life. And me as a basketball player, I had to let go of that identity, that persona. Because that that's all i was yeah that's who i woke up every day started dribbling started shooting six or eight hours you know that was it was my life Mm -hmm. and you know having to go and step away from that thing and not be the best at that thing anymore was scary yeah and just like i'm only 25 and like i'm like retiring right now and i have to learn something completely new and start over and it was the scariest thing and take me through you know when you let let go of fewer identities and, like, how did you move on to the next ones? And
1: You know what? I think also the biggest thing we have to let go of is feeling like we're never good enough. You know?
0: Everybody. And Guys, that, girls. It's the
1: first thing that I thought of when you just said you were like, I have this. Maybe it doesn't look good, but the content is there. The script is there. But what's limiting me from putting it out there right now? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? If your content is good, F them. Put it out. But I know that you want to put out your best work. A thousand percent. And so, <laughs> and it's funny because with me and with my book I was like maybe this isn't where I want it to be maybe this isn't good enough I want it to be its best I want it to be its best and and whether you're perfection or not you want to be the best but there's always that thought in the back of our minds of what are other people going to think like how by instinct like are they going to judge me of course they are but guess what not caring what they think not caring if they hate it not caring if it doesn't you know vibe with what they're used to Mm -hmm. because it'll resonate with someone that's not your audience you're looking for someone will resonate with you so identity wise damn (sighs) let me think I'm gonna go back to right before who I was it's funny because this cute girl who I just met she just emailed me that's what I was writing upstairs and she's turning 20 on Sunday. And she just asked me a question. Who were you when you were 20? I'm like, I don't know. So I went on Facebook, which I never do. And I'm scrolling through pictures. And I was like, who, who was I at 20? And I'm like, I know I was motivated because I know before 21, like, I had the internship, the job. Like, I just wanted to work. And I wanted to be so successful in whatever I was going to do in a profession. But I'm looking. And I was like, I look so happy. And I was so carefree. And I was having so much fun. And I was like, am I having that much fun now? You know, and so at 20, I was like, what should I write to her? Like, should I tell her that I was young, wild and free? I mean, I hope I was. I would want to be, please. But even, you know, what I talk about with my first book is I'm like, who is that girl? Who is that girl of 25 and selfish behind the glasses, behind the red lips, under that jacket? Like, the reason why that's my cover is because I wanted you to look at it and say, who is that behind all of that stuff? Like, let me find out by reading her because you read it. It's very vulnerable. It's like my innermost truth and insecurities that I didn't even know I had. That's how buried down they were. Mm -hmm. And I loved, there were certain parts of the book where I was like, even about the romance, I was like, oh my God, do I write this? Like, do I let my audience know? And I'm like, Brittany, you have to. This is your whole point. If you're going to go for it, you got to go for it all the way. And you got to be the most honest self that you could ever be, even you know, you're afraid of what people are going to think. Don't be afraid. It's your story. And so I feel even through that journey that before turning 25, I was so afraid. I was unhappy and on paper, everything just, my life looked really great, you know, and on the inside, I wasn't who I felt I was or who I wanted to be. And I always thought I was this positive, happy person who knew what she wanted to at T and was always driven to go get it. And I lost myself for a little bit just because I lost what was important to me where I didn't even know what was important to me anymore. And that's why I totally believe that he came into my life to show that to me again and refuel that. And I think through that journey of giving him a shot, dealing with that heartbreak that felt so deep for me, still one of my top ones, leaving my job, not having that security of knowing what was next, not having a plan when I've always had a backup plan, going to another country just because, just to be like can I be happy again? I hope so. How do I get there when everybody's telling me, you don't deserve this? And I almost half listened to them. And if I did, I would have never had this book. And through that whole journey, I learned courage because, I hope I don't pronounce his la- name wrong, but Alex Banyan, like The Third Door. Yeah. He, did you read that book?
0: I didn't read the book, Okay. But I, I know you're talking. it.
1: I listened to him on an interview, which was so beautiful, and he just said, you know if somebody jumps off a cliff or bungee jumps and they're like yeah like I'm crushing my fear because I'm jumping off he's like you're not you're just jumping you're not really looking at the consequences you didn't think it through and know what certainties or uncertainties lie ahead but for everything that I did through that romance through leaving my job not knowing what's next through going through another country and literally not knowing what I was going to do next having an idea not knowing where it was going to go at all not really knowing what my identity was. I was like, who's Brittany Berger? Oh, hey, I do events, I'm an event manager. I'm a fitness instructor. That's it, I'm 20 something. Like That's who I thought I was. That's why I identified myself with, labels, right? Then, when I realized and I heard that from him, I was like, I weighed out all the pros and cons. I weighed out all the certainties and uncertainties. I knew I was leaping into the unknown. I knew I was afraid, I didn't know what was on the other side. But because of that, I wanted to know i was like what's the worst that can happen i come back here it doesn't work out everybody has that story if they approach that fear of failure let's say or whatever may be there like why don't we approach that why don't we befriend it why don't we become comfortable with it because now i have a book now i'm here with you Mm -hmm. you know now i speak on so many panels or have my own events and workshops to where i'm literally helping people or i lead guided meditations to where I just led another one on Sunday and this girl came up to me and was like, I was afraid to come up to you. And I was like, were you afraid because of my energy or were you afraid because of something that's underlying for you? Because I feel that I'm super open that anybody can come up to me. Mm -hmm. She was like, wow, it was me. But it was like a really little awkward standing meditation at the time and she got emotional and she cried from it and she said, I needed that. Like the moment I put my hands over my heart, like I felt your energy even though I was three rows away from you. So for me... I'm like, that's what we look forward to in life. Like, what is identity now? And in order to go through that journey and learn courage through it, weighing out everything, now I feel like my identity is bravery because everything that I choose to do now, I own it. Even if it's certain or uncertain, I'm still going to go for it. And that now more than ever, I at least want to try and always approach that fear in order To find some type of success that may be at the end. To where it's like I'm not even afraid of fear anymore, to be honest.
0: Were these boots before or after you got over the fear? They're pretty (laughs) badass boots.
1: I bought them in London, so they were badass. They were They were in the midst of overcoming fear where I was like, fear ain't a thing.
0: We're looking at like chocolate cow.
1: Do you want to pet them? You can. Cowhide. They are
0: cowhide. Yeah. Cows were
1: not killed in the making of these boots or my earrings. Aren't they dope? What do you got there? They're also wrapped.
0: So those, those, aren't, those aren't real cow? No. No
1: idea. <laughs> you got sidetracked. Well, no, it was
0: a part of the story right okay, there. Okay, great. With the cow high.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fun. But anyway, oh, fears of identity. I think we just need to drop the fear. I think that if there's anything that keeps coming up in my life, it's more of doubt than fear. I don't even think it's judgment anymore because... Once my book was even out there, I'm like, I hope it resonates with people. I know the story will. I don't need to be the best writer. I know there's so many writers out there, authors out there, but my story helped me and was a huge transformation, and I know that it's unique, and I didn't do it for the sake of, let me just, I don't know, do this for the sake of saying I'm an author. Absolutely not. I knew I had a story to tell. I wrote that thing in five months. Like It just came right out of me without ever writing anything like that before, you know? So I think that with identities in general, we're always evolving and we're always changing. And I love who I am now. I can say that. And I'm proud to say that. look happy. Thank you. <laughs> I feel it. And I know that there's times in life when everybody goes through stages of happiness and unhappiness. I mean, shit happens. This is life. Like, yeah. Let's be serious. Every day yeah, is not rainbows. You saw rainbows. me, what,
0: it was in like in October. It's pretty shitty. Yeah. doing pretty shit. But you were
1: there and you were smiling and you were excited about the future and that's all we got to do is, and then there's a difference of being present and then being excited about the future and you can still have both, but we're here to like learn lessons and to grow and experience life and even when times are hard or you get heartbroken or something bad happens, we can overcome it. We just need to take a breath and we need to be our biggest cheerleaders more than anyone in our life, you know?
0: Why should someone go out and tell their own story? You know, there's 600,000 podcasts. There's a billion books of different titles. Yeah. What's going to get someone inspired to tell their story and to get themselves out there?
1: Because someone always shares something similar with you, whether it's a thought or a belief or an experience. And there can be one person in the room. Every time I do an event, I always say, even if your fear is sharing, Share. Like, overcome it with me. This is a safe space where I want you to feel comfortable and informal. No one's judging you. Just explore your thought because your one fear, somebody else now, can overcome based on what you just presented. Or they might have an epiphany based on your words or that one sentence or that one story that you have that you felt was something you've never told anybody else before. And that helped them in some way. So I always say, share. You
0: know, I think it's vulnerability. I think yeah. people really admire and they really acknowledge, you know, cause it could be anybody, but someone gets up on a stage or they start talking and they're willing to let you know about mm-hmm. how they're feeling or how they got to where they are now. People really latch on to that. And I think, you know, even myself, even though I'm out here talking on this microphone, speaking at these different places, like there's certain levels that you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to put yourself out there because it's that level of judgment, you know, but.
1: But you it's the thing that people the want window. the most,
0: though. Why do people want that levels of vulnerability?
1: I think people are just so used to caring about what everybody else thinks that they're so afraid to find out what really is inside of them, what they're really afraid of, or judgment just in general. I think that once you realize that you can just be you, I think they're afraid to be accepted in that way because they're so either used to rejection or they have a fear of rejection. I mean, I know some of the most confident people on the outside. And I was just, I took one of my friends home, he's gonna kill me, I'm not gonna say his name, but, and he was in the car (laughs) with me, and he was like, I hold back a lot. And I was like, why? Like, why do you hold back? He's like, do you hold back? I'm like, hell no. Maybe I did at one point for sure, but I don't anymore. And it's not even like, oh, I don't have time for that. It's because I choose not to. Like, you have to come to a place that, the moment that you're vulnerable, and you let everything out there, whether you share it or not, you're just authentically you, You build this thicker skin of just like unconditional, infinite awareness, being awake and love within yourself that you can just share it with everybody else that I was at an event two months ago. There was this woman, I didn't realize she was famous. I still don't even know who she is really, but she was in this like
0: <laughs> So she's not famous.
1: Snake skin suit. And once I looked her up, I was I looked at her tag, I'm like, who is that? Oh great, she has like three million followers, don't really care. But I looked at her and I was like, Girl, you're rocking that outfit. And she was like, Thank you. And then I was like, I'm Brittany. Like, I thought she looked beautiful. And she looked like awesome and confident. Like I'm happy to say that. Like I'm happy to give positive reinforcement or praise to people, you know, even if she was like, Oh, maybe she was self-conscious in the way that she looked or not. We can all be friends, we're all one. And I think people just have that standard of, oh, I'm better than them, or I have this fear of rejection, or I hold back for this reason. It's like, just be you, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. But I think that everybody is so afraid to find out what they'll find. And in reality, you're just you. People put on so many faces in front of so many different audiences too. You know, you're one person when you're at home alone. You're one person when you're with one friend. You're one person when you're in front of a microphone. You're one person when you're in front of a whole group. I want to be the same person in front of everyone and every th- freaking thing, even if it's like a tree.
0: Well, it's like finding that level of comfortability.
1: Within, within yourself, within, but, you know?
0: Within yourself. Yeah. So when you have those different faces on, you can be in that same place, because I'm guilty of that right there. I can play basketball in front of 30,000 people, and I, there's no one there for me. I can't even look at it. I can do a speech in front of a class. Oh, I got to give a, a forty-five-minute talk at a podcast conference in Austin. Oh man, I got to talk about myself. What are these people going to think of me? I, I don't want them to see me or know me as who I am. But, but the,
1: that's like a limiting belief. It is for yourself. It's terrible. And you just got to let it go. Yeah. You want to know why? Perfect example.
0: Because I'm a self-terrorist. Like <laughs> Terrorized. I've been told. Ter- I,
1: throw that out the window. No, I, don't I need, like I need
0: it. to. i am called like an emotional terrorist, but I'm an emotional terrorist to myself.
1: First why? and foremost, why do you feel I'm, you I'm,
0: I'm not. I gotta not be. You, you not put. Be. You set. It's the attachment. It's the attachment on setting such a high level of where you want to go and reaching a certain little uh, of goals and plateaus. And that when you don't get there, that you're allowed to beat yourself up. And the only way to get to those places is to be miserable and to suffer. And then you can say you accomplish your goal, but you don't have to. You don't have to. And you gotta push that down. So that's one big been a big thing for me in this process for myself process of life is to put those things back you know don't even call yourself that emotional terrorist no. because now you're
1: because now you're labeling yourself as one and subconsciously you believe it yeah and you know what's funny is i'm grinning because i believe it and yeah. it's not good. <laughs> you know when i was when i was in school in college and i would do presentations and i would shake and I'm like, oh my god, I think I'm a little bit nervous, but I don't feel nervous. But naturally, like my bo- like my hands are shaking, right? It's
0: clammy hands for me. Like it's, it's I gotta put a <laughs> napkin in there. It's we all, we all have our shtick, they totally. Don't drip, but it's 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 bad. We
1: all have our thing. And I realize it's because I'm presenting somebody's in else's information and in their words. And when I get up on a platform or a stage or a panel and I sit there and I don't know the questions. And even when it's my own event, I never prepare. And it's funny because I try And I just believe and trust so hard that it'll just come to me. And it does. Or I'm like, send me a sign. Like when I did my book tour in New York, and I was like, send me a sign. I was on my phone. I was in the back of an Uber, and I was so nauseous. And I'm like, I'm going to put my phone away. Clearly, I shouldn't be on it. I look up. Immediately, I see uh, a billboard, and it says fear and less. So I'm like, fear less, not being fearless, to fear less. That was literally my intro for my three events that I had that week. And I didn't plan it because I'm like, you know what? They're coming to see me. They're coming to hear my book that I wrote about me and my journey. I already know the facts. I already know the information. I lived it. I'm just myself. So when you're in front of these thousands of people or you're in front of that microphone and you're like, they're listening to me. What am I going to talk about? just be yourself mm-hmm. and it's so much easier and being you and being authentic will be so much more well received than anything else or just trying to be anyone else or trying to put on a face trying to put on a certain mask for your audience just have none like I want my identity now I want to live through this life like in August I turned 28 and I can't wait and people put another label on age right of being like oh you're turning 28 are you worried about where you're living what you're doing getting married I was like nah kid do you know what I'm worried about not living my life and not having enough fun and not experiencing so much greatness Mm -hmm. in my life at every level like that's who I want to be that's what I strive for that's what I'm putting no expectations in my life but the expectation for my book to be like what would your life be like if you're just like I'm not going to really think twice about it I'm just going to have fun like where is that going to lead me Who am I gonna meet? What experience, opportunity, or person is going to fall on my lap? With just thinking that mindset. That's where I am now. That's who I want to be now. I want to have one face at all times. When I'm alone, when I'm with you, when I'm with anyone, in front of everyone. Like, who's that girl? That's me. But but I want you to even channel that because So many times and there's so much pressure, even from people around us or like the cycle of friendships, people who come in and out of our lives or business partners, you know, when you're in it to win it or you're not, that it's okay because we grow. We are constantly growing and we can grow apart from people, you know, no hard feelings in certain places. Everybody's growing at their own speed. Everybody's walking at their own pace, barefoot or in heels, you know, it's the same, just different. And that's allowed, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's we just have to follow whatever we feel is right within our gut and we can't compare ourselves and we can't compete and I even say in my fitness classes even when we're doing push-ups or a plank and I was like you are not in competition with the other person you are only in competition with yourself but in a friendly way of being your best for you that even if you feel like you fell short even if you only did four push-ups out of 10 you still did four beautiful high plank full man push-ups you know <laughs> like you still did better than you thought you would you still you showed up mm-hmm. and showing up is always a first step
0: yeah training people i see the same exact thing like, I, yeah. I didn't say you had to only do 15 like and if you didn't do them this way then they, they weren't good yeah no one said that yeah you're literally setting standards over yourself and that veil or bubble for you to look through it's mm-hmm. Do you realize that no one said that? And so, yeah, you know, always getting to look at the other different other do you perspective. F-
1: yeah. What do you feel like is your identity now and what you would want it to be?
0: That was going to come into my next question you know, as you asked me that for me, because I think for even different genders, there's different roles and responsibility as we move into this time where, you know, hey, there there isn't really a set age to get married or or have mm-hmm. children or the responsibility to go out and take on that say lifestyle but to you know responsibility of taking on that there's responsibility no there, there's no rush there's it, no rush it's it's not needed in our society we don't yeah. need to go out and you know be with someone to be to just to say we're with someone we want to go out to have those much more tangible experiences yeah. with individuals whether they're soulmates lovers intimate partners whatever you want to call friends, them friends
1: whatever mm-hmm.
0: so my identity now mm. compared to what time because what, what time period we, we we comparing right now
1: whatever you feel was transformative for you
0: Man. <laughs> uh, just so, just so much growing up um, mm-hmm. you know the emotional terrorism side of me um,
1: that we tossed in the bin we today tossed we tossed
0: in the bin I don't even know who said that doesn't even exist I didn't, I, it wasn't even there Past no life. one even heard it um, and that's just the old me that's the old competitive right. you know do whatever it takes on a physical level And since I've, you know, stepped away from playing sports, you know, I stepped into more of a business world. It's, you know, and being much more uh, efficient and what's the other word, efficient and optimal with my time. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that with your physical labors and your physical talents. It's not about, hey, let me go throw a ball in the hoop or shoot this many shots. I have to be much more skilled in different areas. So I have to study up on other things, other places. And whether, you know, how i saw myself before is that oh this person over here is a great basketball player if i'm doing better than him then i can scale Mm -hmm. on how i'm doing but it doesn't work that way when you're creating you know an art form whether that's through an audio or video uh, platform so how can i let my let me be me and present who i am and get the feedback i want to get and realize that the people that i'm connecting with are the people that i want to surround myself with so it's still a phase it's still uh, coming into and mm-hmm. coming into that part. And, you know, doing this uh, this podcast and this whole three years of getting in this place has been transformative where I can really be myself. And people come in to let, to hear what you have to say. yeah, And then also find that balance where I, not just hear from me, but the person who's listening to this show, I get to make this relatable to them. No matter where they are in the world or mm-hmm. who they are, there's something in this for them. There's something they can take away and grow from, and that's whatever they want. So.
1: I like that. I even think that even the we won't speak of emotional terrorism, um, but walking, walk, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but walking away from it. That in general, even just for your audience, the limiting beliefs that we do have for for ourselves, or the things that we want to outgrow or know that don't serve us, to imagine visually a staircase and you keep walking up the steps, leaving those things behind, like leaving the emotional terrorism, leaving what we feel doesn't serve us, outgrowing, not even using the word leaving, but outgrowing people or opportunities or things in our life and experiences that we know maybe we shouldn't be in and just giving off gratitude, saying thank you as you visualize leveling up, climbing up the steps to something greater of where you want to be and knowing that this didn't serve me, that's okay. We're moving past this. That's okay.
0: I'm grabbing this out because a a friend of mine, who I'm going to link you up with in Miami, Uh met him in Columbia, and he's been a close friend. He was living in Brooklyn when I was there. Mm -hmm. And we've uh, been doing some personal growth with each other. Him on the fitness side, me on the personal, personal growth side. Yeah. And so he had given me this uh, questionnaire, and I'm going to put it out here, and I'm going to put it on to you.
1: Oh, I'm so excited.
0: And it's an interview. It's an interview you ask uh, five people in your life. Wow. So- again for me and growing as an individual it's like what do people actually see when they look at me Mm -hmm. and you know because you get this idea that this is an idea of what people see you and you put out back what you think people see so you want to ask someone you um someone close with you relationship family whoever you ask them first what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what does everybody already know about you um we just went hibernate right there uh, what can people count on you for and what can people never count on you for? So you are able to get a different idea about how someone can look can at I you. Can I tell you something? Shoot.
1: I can't answer that right now because I always ask that, not ask that, or it's brought to my attention through I feel, and I'm so thankful for it, and I can say it in a very sure way that so many of my friends and people in my life I've brought on this journey with me whatever they're going through in life, whether it's with their family, friends, or in relationships, to just communicate more and it'll make them stronger in the end, but also just being who they are and being comfortable with whoever that person is. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, releasing all of their fears, but everything within them where, yeah, people didn't think they were enough. I thought at one point, like I wasn't enough in certain areas of my life and now I had to grow to a point of confidence to say I am enough. And I don't see confidence led by, ego or conceitedness I see it as more of being sure and certain of who I am and being proud of the way that I present myself but more so feeling more that I am real and lead with a certain presence of I'm um, just being me and you can accept that you can love it, or you can hate it I don't really care but that it's what I think the reverse of that questionnaire is people tell me a lot especially through where I am now and speaking, what they think of me, what they see, maybe what are my strengths, what I believe my weaknesses are, and I sadly sometimes don't see that, and it makes me sad, and like I'll give you some, for instance, even like when I go into my hair salon, like they call me sunshine, right? Or if I go into the gym, they call me sunshine, and I'm like, oh, why? (laughs) And they're like, because you bring in sunshine, and I'm like, really? And then they're like, how do you not see that? And then it kind of makes me sad of maybe I don't think of myself that way. But if I bring that to you, amazing. But if I claim that and then I'm aware of that, does that make me an egotistical human being? You know, even though all I want to do is share love and happiness with other people that if I see someone that I'm genuinely so happy to see or 10 people in a row and I'm equally so excited to see them. I get so excited like I'm so happy and that maybe they feel the light and that beautiful energy that's coming out of me to be received by them Um, and that I feel weakness of mine is that I don't communicate well enough, which may sound crazy to some people, but I work on that every day, you know, or holding some things in and holding on to my pride and yes, speaking my truth, but more so feeling Do I want to say everything I want to say or should I hold back?
0: Where does that come from, though, that point that you don't want to take the nice gesture or even a a gift or present? Where is that level of, you know, I think it's puritanical idea, but where does it come from? Why do we? why do I
1: reject that?
0: I don't think you're you're by yourself on that one. I think that's. Yeah. You
1: know what? I think that's something that I'm still learning because I'm noticing it now. And I think because I'm so afraid to be judged as. If I claim that I bring that to something or someone or to a place that they may, that may make me seem like I'm leading with ego. And I never am. And I don't ever want people to mistake that for confidence or the power of my presence to help others and how I want to lead myself and my life and what I believe to be true and pure realness and authenticity. And so that's just going back and forth between the whole. Doubt, judgment of what others think of me being like. Wait, but then if I don't care, and then they see me for who I am, and if they don't like it, and I'm not for you, I'm okay with that.
0: But I think everybody, I think it's it's the self love. Yeah, people are giving you love. Yeah, but I I don't think we know how to take it in. I don't know how to take it in. Compliments, and that might be something of yeah
1: of our totally same. By the way, and I think that that might be something of our shadow that we really gotta dig down deep. Mm-hmm. to find out even, like, what did we come here to do? What is our general lesson to learn if we want to go that deep? But, like, so many of my friends, if I'm like, you look great today, that looks so beautiful on you, I love your hair that way, or I love the way you did that, I love the way you said that, and they can't take a compliment. I'm like, how could you not take a compliment?
0: I don't know if but you— then how could I not take a compliment? Do you just say thank you back to them? Like, we, we really don't know, like, what is the proper exchange just, yeah. you know, in, in our time and where we are. You know, if someone says to me— Oh man, I really really like what you did in this video. Or this is like, all right, thanks. Like, because I, I think what we're looking at is we're just being ourselves. Yeah, we're we're doing what we want to do. So when someone does acknowledge or admire something that you know, it's not just unique to us. I mean, everybody does something unique and special and great. But how do we take that in? You know, what what do we give? You know, reciprocity.
1: Maybe. Being reciprocal is that totally? Like, what, where, we, where do we put perfect that? Perfect word. You want to know why? Because even today. This past week, I mean, I decided, which is very interesting about this because it just reminded me that when somebody was giving me a compliment, I was like, thank you. I received that. I'm like, thank you. Because I want to genuinely, because I I think I read or I heard something somewhere that was like, receive that energy. You're giving, you're giving, you're giving. Mm. You don't want to deplete your tank. You can refill it on your own, but try accepting that from other people. I was like, wow, I don't do that. But I want to do that. Like, I want to accept and receive that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I've been so playing with energy because now like yes my little crystals or meditation or being with people and all different uh, types of crystals. people um, <laughs> 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 but in general I'm like I can walk into a room and know when it doesn't feel right or I can walk into a group of people who are even like gossiping and I'm like I don't want to be there like that's not the type of energy I want to bring to myself and I don't even know what I called it back then if I was just like eh, that's not my vibe maybe now I realize everything is energy everything is connection human emotional personal one-on-one connection is is a feeling it's it's a movement and I just think that we just need to decide how do we want to move forward with all of that what do we want to accept what do we want to receive what do we want to reject Mm
0: -hmm.
1: knowing what's good for us and what's not
0: we're running close on time but I wanted to get into one more topic because you had mentioned earlier when we're talking about 25 and selfish you know it's not just been a women who's your book's been very relatable to you've got a lot of men yes and i don't even know what age like for you said even in the 40s yeah. reaching out and contacting you yeah so in this state of just different roles and responsibilities changing mm-hmm. and you know how we can go and live our lives who do you think has been uh been more vulnerable and who do you think uh, as a gender as a man or is it women and who is the person or who's the group that's really hurting right now wow that's a great
1: question I believe women are being more vulnerable. I think that also last year I'm also like kind of into numerology only because I learned about it. I knew nothing about it. I think that's why I also like crystals and meditation in this what whole world of spirituality. It's when you like count up certain numbers like last year was 2018 which ends up being hold on oh god (laughs) 11 sorry i'm I'm already suspicious okay so wait so you count up so i'm not a mathematician you count up 2018 right and it ends up being the number 11. Mm -hmm. but in numerology everything is by a one-digit number so let's say when it's number nine that means like the end of a cycle so then when you go to number 10 it starts one because being 10 one is really just you know that one digit so it starts a cycle over again but when it's 11 one plus one is two so in numerology two is a very feminine number so it was said that the energy of the year 2018 was for women and that anything that they wanted to do would be a success. And I was like, great, because my book is coming out that year. (laughs) But also you have a lot of more women speaking out, you know, whether men are disagreeing or agreeing with whatever the movement of women is and what they are and what they stand for now. We're being so much more vocal about it in every single way that I think we feel that it's more safe for us to become more vulnerable and speak more of our truth. Um, I think that men, I hope... I think it's – here's the thing. When we go back to talking about the male gender in general, way back in the day, like caveman days, all you guys had to do was, like, provide for the fam in the sense of, like, food, shelter, protection – intimacy
0: i mean on a biological level it's really just consuming resources and absolutely multiplying. absolutely That's so for
1: it. women and for women right and the thing is is like with multiplying you guys have the seed to multiply so you can plant the seed everywhere mm-hmm. for women like we feel more attached let's say even to just one person because we are receiving that and then we're building and having babies and all this stuff but We're used to being nurturing and in our emotional sense and taking care of things and not really back in the day having to worry about saying, I'm going to provide, I'm going to be a CEO, I'm going to be the breadwinner. You know, I'm going to also be a mom at the same time as working. How can I do it all with all of these chromosomes that we have that make us feel more Mm -hmm. and have more feminine energy more than males, even though sometimes males have more of that feminine energy than us? I just think it's based on also... Men feeling comfortable in their skin to not have to feel like such a man, whatever a man may be, of feeling like I can't say that because that makes me feminine when I'm so in my masculine energy, mm-hmm. or I'm not ready to be vulnerable because I'm not even thinking about it that much because I'm thinking about sports, or you know what I mean. It's like there's so many other things that I think that f- the female, like females, are so much more in tune right now with vulnerability than men I don't even think I can generalize it and I don't even really want to I think maybe in what I'm viewing is that's what I see but I hope that if any guy that listens to this or reads my book that you can stem away from it as I know that when guys read my book they're like wow I kind of dived into the female psych of where I didn't even know that someone like you thought that way and I was like what do you mean someone like me like what was your perspective of me as a person than before reading my book like yeah. did you think I was promiscuous like oh did you think I was this or that or that I didn't hold myself to a certain account but that they at least saw that part of me to where they're like wow I get that I respect that and that made me view my life differently and how I view women or how I view them in a situation that I put them in or I'm in with them and I hope that men in general can just realize that you will be more accepted Even within women or men or whatever gender that you're into in a relationship, when you do speak your truth on a level that's a safe communication, not rivalry or who's better than this, who's right or wrong, but just communicating and realizing that being vulnerable with each other is like the most beautiful truth and feeling and connection that can trump over any relationship, any situation, any experience to make it better If they just let everything out and did not hold back
0: Mm -hmm. and last one sexual revolution talking 1960s -hmm. this idea that you know a woman is not supposed to be dependent Mm -hmm. on a man Mm -hmm. you don't need to have kids you can raise your kids as a single mom and how do you think that has an impact on women in the workplace women and their sexuality in today
1: I think that it's helped us step into our power to feel like we actually have power compared to maybe when we felt that we were second we weren't allowed to have power and we didn't know how to use it and I think that now we can do anything we want and I think that we were so limited back then too to at this point we are just going by the beat of our own drum and that I think if women do want to be the breadwinner or they do want to be that CEO or even with sexuality of like Being monogamous or not or whatever it is that we feel that we actually have the choice to do what we want, not what society wants us to do.
0: And how do you think that this hasn't made women more lonely in terms of not being able to have families at a later age?
1: I think I can't speak for everyone in that sense, Mm. but I would believe that there definitely is a greater pool of loneliness through it. I think because even with their loneliness, they fill that void with work, you know, or hopefully finding a new passion. I know that even with a lot of mothers that I deal with um, who are divorced or whose kids go off to college and now they're just with them and their husband and they're like, wow, it hasn't been us for like 18, 19 years. Who are we now? Now I feel like I have to, we have to re-evolve our relationship and what do I like now? what is my passion when I lived for my kids or when I lived for my job. Mm-hmm. I think that people lose sight of what they love and who they were or who they are, who they have become, and are they happy with that person that they are now, with That's their identity.
0: to look at your, your family, you know, especially my mom. Or my mom and dad, you know, watching them go through, you know, the roles of being a, a a father a mother and then watching them you know through a divorce be single it's yeah. being single in their 40s and yeah, 50s and it's scary um and just watching all that happen and then as you you know for me as a male in this time in this place like oh well you know i don't my dad had me when he was 25 you know i'm 29 right now right thinking about it, even then like right. these different responsibilities and the lack thereof responsibilities or again like we talked about earlier the freedom mm-hmm. and to know that i don't need to be making those choices and decisions at that age you know I had the privilege to not go out and do those things you know I got to choose mm-hmm. the life I wanted to live and the person I wanted to be rather than so it's it's interesting a uh, thing to reflect on
1: and it goes back to pressure like are we going to accept the pressure from society are we going to accept the pressure from the people we surround ourselves with and are we going to listen to them or are we just going to do what we want I mean yeah, a lot of my friends are so worried about being 28 and single or maybe being in the wrong relationship or wanting to get engaged so badly. And I'm just here chilling. And yeah, sometimes I think about, okay, would I love to be in a relationship? Sure. But I'm not going to half ass it, and I'm not going to settle. And that's right. What I talk about in the first pages of my book that I was so afraid to settle because I thought that was going to be my end destination Mm -hmm. and I will not allow it to happen. And I know that even through this experience of even having fun that I had to go through certain experiences in the past couple months and learn certain lessons to like step confidently in my power, in my sexual power, even in a relationship setting or what I want to do with my life that really it's all connected. Even if I even try to separate it. it, makes us who we are. Every day, every experience, who we speak with, what we do, what we want to do is all connected and intertwined. And with our mindset, we have to be the ones to choose.
0: B. We got you to 128 BPMs right there. It was perfect. (laughs) We got you jazzed up, leaving us on a good high note. So we're going to wrap it up there. Cool. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for coming
0: out. This is the first episode of the new series. Oh, my God. I'm so sad. You're the first person that I sat down with since. uh,
1: I'm so honored. Amazing hand hug.
0: We got it. Um, again, let people know where they can find 25 and selfish number one and where they can connect with you, where they can see you speak. You know, I don't even know you're running meditation, uh, guided meditations as well. So plug yourself away.
1: Okay. Instagram, burger underscore queen, B-E-R-G-E-R. I
0: spell it right.
1: Underscore queen. I fumbled. I fumbled. You did fumble. I fumbled. That's okay. It's like the Jewish way of burger. Don't judge. <laughs> um, and my website is www.iambritneyburger.com And you can get my book on my website, find out about past podcast articles, magazines, future events, and get my book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, iBook, Nook, books and books if you're in Miami Florida autographed and I have a lot of events coming up so definitely check me out in Miami and if you want to bring me to a retreat or anywhere come back to LA to see you (laughs) hit me up but please connect with me because I also love hearing everybody's stories and inputs and I just think again the most important thing in life is showing up and sharing and don't be afraid to be who you are because who you are is great and you're here for a reason and if you weren't here for a reason then you wouldn't be here.
0: Bam. Guys and gals, go check out Britney's book, 25 and Selfish. B, can we already pre-order and subscribe to the new book or not yet? It's Not, even not done.
1: yet. It's it, still being written. It's not even <laughs> done.
0: Go out, connect. Go check out one of her speeches. Go check out one of her talks. I got plugged in to who Britney was by some of my friends who went to go see her speak in New York. Mary and Monique.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: They put me in the EF. So, um, yeah, guys, that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. This is a new series, so if you are part of the old series, welcome to the new series. And if you are new, welcome. This is the Bus Driver Experience. We're so happy to have you guys, and we're signing off. Have a great day, everyone is the moment uh, for those who...